Good morning. Welcome to church. We celebrated Easter uh, the previous weekend. And it is my prayer that um, what happened on Easter, the things that we remembered about Jesus' death and his resurrection, that it made a difference in your life. And I honestly believe that's one of the biggest challenges for our faith is how to connect Jesus and what Jesus did, what we read in Bible with our lives today and and how how they influence each other and how Jesus's life make a difference in our life and and how do we understand it and how do we how do we take what Jesus did and apply it in our lives and how does that work um, we'll share this scripture reading this morning and and try to try to work through through that question but let's pray let's pray our father in heaven Hallow be thy name. We come this morning and we want to bring you all the glory. We want to thank you that you sent your son. Your son died on the cross for us to save us. To make life possible for each one of us. To change who we are. To change the world we're living in. To, to give us a better understanding of life and death and life after death. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your, your patience with each one of us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you care for each one of us. And if we are listening to your word this morning, Open the word up, open our hearts up to understand what you want to teach us this morning. Pray this in your holy name. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from John 6. We are in the process of, of reading the stories of Jesus um, through the eyes of the, of the gospel of John. Um, and, and with the lingering question is how, uh, how does Jesus's life on earth, what he did, what he taught, connect with our lives today? Um, how does that work? We're reading John 6 verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing those who were ill. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for those people to eat? He asked us only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered, it would take almost a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one of, to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a man with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated, as much 
as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them, full 12 baskets with the pieces of the five body loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Let's conclude our scripture reading. Um, to understand what Jesus did here, it's interesting to look at the first part of this um, story we read where Jesus said um, the Jewish Passover feast was near. Why Why is that important? Why, why, why did John mention that? We must almost remember that the Passover festival was something very special for the Jews. Uh, with the, uh, the Passover, they celebrated the fact that they were freed from Egypt, from slavery in Egypt. Um, the Lord took them out of Egypt to the Red Sea, um, through the desert, and he provided for them. He rescued them, he saved them, and he provided for them food every day of their journey through the desert. So normally what, what happened with the Passover festival is that the family will go and they will select the best lamb they had. And they will slaughter the lamb. The blood will, will come onto, on, onto the doors, door frames. And later on it was on, poured out onto the altar. And then they, they will gather together as family and eat the meat of this lamb. It will be a festival because when you are freed and if you celebrate your freedom, it is normally a festival. For, for us as Christians, the Passover means God, an extra uh, meaning for each one of us. The fact that Jesus died for us. You'll remember in the beginning of John, uh, John will say, will tell when, when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, there's the Lamb of God will take away our sins. Jesus died for us. Jesus was the lamb to be slaughtered to pay for our sins. And just as, as the Jews believed the Lord provided for them in the desert journey, the exact same the Lord will provide for us. And that's why in this story, he, he, he make more bread, he give people food to eat as a sign that he will provide for them. Story of Passover go further. It tells about Jesus that was risen from the dead. So it's not necessary to, to look back anymore. We can look forward. We've got the future because Jesus is alive. What does that have to do with this story about Jesus making bread, giving people bread? We read that when Jesus saw the people, he immediately asked his disciples, where are we going to get food for them? Uh, the, the Gospel of Matthew, when he talks about this scene, said that Jesus had compassion on this people. And it's almost as if he seems eager to welcome them. Doesn't matter if the motives why they're coming isn't right. Doesn't matter if they were just looking for another miracle. Doesn't matter. Jesus looked further. He see people, people that 
that were looking for something. People that would become hungry very soon. People that, that hadn't anywhere else to go where they could find food to eat. Jesus' compassion makes or causes that what happens with everyone, each one, with you and me, uh, where we are, who we are, what we struggle with, where we are at this moment in our lives, that he cares about that. And maybe that's the one, one important thing that will help us to understand what Jesus did here and how it connects with our lives is the fact that Jesus cares for us. Doesn't matter what our motives is. Doesn't matter if, if our motivation is wrong or is good or is bad. Jesus cares for us. And, and, and we must never forget that. That's the one, what, that's the one main message about, about Easter. Jesus cares so much that he was willing to die for us. That's why he asked his disciples, where are we going to get food for all these people? Because he cares. And that this, this opens a new window in the lives of the disciples. Because if I read the Bible account, uh, this gospel account about the disciples, it's clear that they were also struggling to, to find their faith in Jesus. Um, they were there when he made the wine. They were there when he healed the, um, the man at the uh, Siloam bath. They were there when he, when he uh, risen the, when the, a Roman officer's kid were healed. They were there. They saw that. Why didn't they come to Jesus in the first place to say, Jesus, there's more people than we anticipated. We don't have food for them. Please do a miracle. Why wasn't they? Why didn't they do that? Maybe for the exact reason that we don't do it. That they were still struggling to understand for what can we trust Jesus? How, how does faith work? Can we bring our daily needs to him? Will he give us what, what we can't live without? Andrew came and said, Lord, we've got a guy here and he's got, he had five, five bread. And five pieces of bread and two pieces of fish. But that's impossible. That can't be enough. How, how can that be enough for so many people? You see, that's maybe the second thing that we must learn about Jesus. And that will help us to, to bridge the gap between Jesus and who he was and what he did in our lives where we are today. And that is that never underestimate him. Never underestimate the power of what's possible for him. Never underestimate the fact that he can, he can use what you've got and make something special with that. It's, it's so easy to, to look as Philippus looked at all the people and say it's impossible. It's so easy to be like Andrew and say, Lord, I've got this, but it can't be enough. Never underestimate the Lord. That's why, that's why we read that Jesus said he already knew what he planned to do. Jesus already knew that he was going to feed 
There's thousands of people. He already knew that he was going to die, that he was going to suffer on the cross, that he was going to give his life, that he was going to raise from, be risen from the dead. He already knew that. Therefore, he took the bread. The Bible says that he, um, Jesus said, make the people sit down. He took the loaves, gave thanks, distributed them to the people. It's interesting, the word gave thanks in the original Greek says, he eucharistua. He prayed, he said, thanks to God. You listen, you hear the word Eucharist? That's where that word comes from. It comes from the principle that we must be thankful for everything that God is already doing, for everything he did. It's a, it's a mindset of being thankful. And that's maybe the third thing that will help us bridge this gap between Jesus and our lives today is to cultivate a mindset of being thankful I don't know if you thank the Lord for the fact that he has died on the cross for you. He paid for all your sin. That he has risen from the dead. Which means he makes life possible in any situation. We last that you thank the Lord for his grace, for his mercy. We, we last that you thank the Lord for just being alive. For the seasons that are changing to show us how our new life is possible. Exactly at the time when you think death is ruling this world. But there's something else here. We read that the people had enough to eat. It's an interesting thought that we pick up throughout John. When Jesus uh, make water into wine, he makes too much. <laughs> 600 liters was too much. When, when he talked with the, with the woman at the well, he told her, but I'll be living water that will, that will flow and keep on flowing. John 10, 10, he says, I, I, I want to give you life in abundance. And when, when he gave them bread and fish, he had 12, uh, 12 baskets of leftovers were found. How does that work? Um, later on, when Paul writes about Jesus' death on the cross in Philippians 2, he said that he emptied himself. He gave everything. Maybe that's another, another important thought that will help us bridge the gap between Jesus' world and our world, is that Jesus gave everything for us. He held nothing back. And it will be more than enough for each one of us. We, it brings us to this contrast of the disciples saying, how can this ever be enough? It's five loaves and two pieces of fish. And Jesus that says, gather everything that's left over when it, it full to 12 baskets full. Maybe there's a need in your life. Maybe there's something in your life at this stage where you don't feel or don't think you have enough of. Maybe you don't have enough compassion. Maybe you, you don't have enough patience with that people or situations in your life that's challenging for you. 
maybe maybe you don't love as you supposed to maybe maybe you are not as generous as you know you should be maybe maybe you're jealous on your time and your effort and your gifts and your money maybe you're just a little bit selfish But Jesus knows what each one of us need. What each one of us need to grow and to become more like him. And even, even if it's a little bit of faith you've got, even if it's a little bit of love, even, even if you know there's, there's, there's not so many kindness and compassion in your heart, but that's something you need, we can go with to him with that never underestimate his power never underestimate what he can do with what we entrust him with and he touched these people made a difference just think about what happened there they were sitting there on the outside on on the grass and and, and they were tired. They were definitely tired because they were following quite a for a long while. And, and then they realized they didn't have food to eat. And, and they were in trouble. And, and think of the excitement when, when Jesus prayed for the food and it was distributed and it didn't stop. It was just more and more and more. We read that this, this was such an amazing event that they wanted to, to make Jesus king. They wanted to crown him. Because who doesn't want a king that will do wonders, that can do miracles? Who doesn't want a king that satisfies all our needs? We all want a king like that. But Jesus is not a king like that. Actually, Jesus has been king long before this. He established his kingdom on earth long before uh, this event took place. He, he doesn't become king because we decide we like him or or people decide we will we want to have want to have more of him he's already king and maybe that's another thing that will help us make this across this gap between what jesus was and where we are and that is the fact that he's still king he's still in charge our lives is still in his hands he will still look after us provide for us Give us what we need. He will still make us new. Help us to grow in love and kindness and faithfulness and, and in prayer and in generosity and in compassion. I don't know what you're struggling with. But, but, but you know what? These people went home. And I'm sure they thought about what happened. Must have been the discussion that night or the next night on the dinner table. They must have talked it through with their friends. They, they, they must have thought to themselves, but Jesus did something amazing. I was there. <laughs> I, I, I tasted the bread. And, and, and I'm sure for a long time afterwards, every time they break bread and every time they had fish, they thought back to this event. But Jesus made more and feed them. Maybe it's the same with us. Maybe you, 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 you celebrated Easter 
differently this year. Maybe, maybe you had time to listen to a church service or attended the church service. Maybe you talked about what Jesus did on the cross with your family, with your friends. But how did Jesus' death and his resurrection connect it with your life over the weekend? What difference did it make? What do you remember? How, how did what Jesus did change your life? The way you think about life. The fact that Jesus is alive. How did that influence your yesterday and today? And how will that change the way you live tomorrow and the day after that? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can celebrate Easter, your death and resurrection. Thank you that it's your life that defines who we are. That we may believe that you are here, that you are our king, that you are the ruler, the one that's in charge of every facet of our lives. We want to thank you for your mercy, for your compassion, for your love for each one of us. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that we know you, the one that know what we need. And we want to trust you with each, each and every one that's listening, with each of our family members, with our whole life. We want to trust you, Lord Jesus. We don't want to underestimate your love for us your compassion for us, and your power. Pray this in your holy name. Amen. We have an opportunity to bring our offerings. Maybe today we must see it as the little bit we've got. It's just the Lord with that. Um, let's see what miracles he will do with that. Thank you for each one of your contributions. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he shine his countenance upon you and give you peace. May you discover Jesus Christ as your King, your Savior, the one that has compassion with each one of you. Amen.